What does it take to lead a company to be an industry disruptor? Our guest, Silicon Valley legend Faisi Fatehi says, You cannot scale your business any faster than you can scale yourself. Find out more. Join us for episode 285 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right along with me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's great to join you again. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas that can help visionary leaders and their teams accelerate to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. You know, Pam, so many leaders we speak with share that they want their companies to be the disruptor and not the disruptive. That's, yes. It's not surprising the world is changing so fast in absolutely, so many ways. Absolutely. And there are a lot of leadership lessons that go into bringing a bold vision to life and continuing to create game-changing new value as the world keeps changing. Yeah, that's right. That's why we're glad to be speaking today with Faisi Fatehi, CEO of Corn Technology Incorporated. He's a technology visionary, inventor, innovator, and entrepreneur. Faisi received the 2019 Cody Lifetime Achievement Award, which has previously been bestowed on Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and Bill Gates. This recognized his significant long-term contributions to the software industry, as well as for his industry leadership, mentorship, and philanthropy. Faisi has given talks at Harvard, Wharton, Stanford, Caltech, Carnegie Mellon, and UC Irvine. He was featured in Forbes as a disruptor in the software industry and is author of the book, Democratizing SaaS, on how Korn's breakthrough technology is poised to transform the software industry. You can read much more about Faisi's background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 285, and scrolling down to resources. Faisi. Welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. It's such a pleasure to be with you and Scott and looking forward to our conversation. We are too. Scott and I were just talking about how we first met you three years ago when we were all on a leadership panel. We were especially impressed by your human-centric approach to leadership, which is not typically what many people associate with a technology company. So what's had the most profound influence on your leadership? Right. Uh, the most profound influence on my leadership happened when I met Francis Hasselbein, the former CEO of Girl Scouts, years back in New York City. I was with iconic executive coach Marshall Goldsmith, and we were having a dinner celebrating Marshall's book called Mojo being launched. And this is 16 plus years ago. I had the pleasure of meeting Francis. And that meeting over dinner 
was a life changer for me. It's a demarcation life before meeting Frances and life after meeting Frances. And she's been, she has, she was a source of inspiration and it still is after she passed away last December. And I had the privilege of attending her memorial service in New York and recognized that she had influenced so many other leaders in the world who showed up. And I also had the privilege of 15 years of coaching, mentoring, and for her to be a sense of inspiration to me. Now, I'm really curious, what was it she said or happened during that dinner that most impacted you? A couple of things. Number one, I asked her over dinner, Francis, as a Presidential Medal of Honor winner, as someone that Peter Drucker called you the best CEO in the world or in the U.S., what made you become Francis? And without a pause, she started telling us a story about when she was eight years old and a story about her grandma and how she treated this person who was an immigrant from China in their small town, Jonestown in Pennsylvania. And that story made everybody around the table tears in their eyes. And it was a story of humanity, how to treat other people with respect. And she said that episode when she was eight transformed her life. That is one answer to your question. The other one is, it wasn't necessarily something she said or an instruction. It was the way she was. Being herself was the source of inspiration. And uh, she had a lot of characteristics. And I've talked in different interviews about Frances and how she's been an influential person by being rather than by doing or saying. Just her being was a source of role model, a source of inspiration. And the way she was, was despite the fact that she was lecturing at West Point in her late 90s on leadership, it was her being that was the source of inspiration. Here you have a wonderful example of a humane, caring person who practiced leadership by caring for others. That was, you said, about 15 years ago. Has anything changed in the business environment since then, especially after the past three years, that has impacted your own leadership philosophy or, or reinforced it? Yes, absolutely. The whole pandemic situation and moving from in-person to virtual was a disruptive change. And adapting to that environment made me and a lot of people I know more conscious about how they come across in a non-physical environment, how they project themselves, how they make other people feel, and also how they feel others not being present with them, and an increased elevated level of awareness on people's facial expressions, emotions, how they uh, express themselves, and a heightened level of communication, interpersonal communication skills in a virtual environment that we didn't have to pay too much attention to it 
when we were physically meeting each other. That issue of interacting with people remotely is, from everything I'm hearing from people, only going to increase. What do you think about that? In terms of being more virtual than physical, yeah, I mean, it's a fact of life. It's uh, using new technology to work. And instead of shying away from using technology, why don't we lean into it and use it to our advantage, such as meeting more frequently, meeting people around the world, instead of waiting to travel to meet them. At the same time, we don't have the luxury of in-person communication. So why don't we polish and refine our communication skills to the next level so that we can take advantage of this amazing technology in a way that increases human connection and building relationships. I dedicated the commencement speech I gave at UC Irvine last year to the School of Humanities, believe it or not. And it was about investing, doubling down on the students graduating class on their communication skills, interpersonal skills, listening skills, and as an asset for their life moving forward. So this new environment, embracing new technology, can help us become better human beings as opposed to shying away from this new technology. This is such an important point, Faisy, because no matter how technology changes, AI, whatever, businesses and everything in society happens because people, human beings, make it happen. And so if if we're sensitive to that and we tune into that and we treat humans as valuable individuals, that's just going to make everything work better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Building on that, in another conversation with us, you stated that it's time for leadership teams to upgrade your leadership operating system. Is that coming from what you were just saying? I mean, maybe you could describe what you mean by upgrading your leadership operating system. Yeah, as a tech guy listening to you saying upgrading your operating system, it sounds so geeky. So (laughs) (laughs) that is my seat of experience. That's where I come from as someone who was part of the team that invented the fastest database in the world almost over 30 years ago. Very geeky, but I'm using my own <laughs> my own language. In a sense, that upgrade in my mind and in my career development and personal development was shifting from what to do to how to do it. And I generally, I mean, I ended the commencement speech by saying you are successful if you like who you are, you like what you do, and you like how you do it. That's my favorite definition of being successful. And to me, how to do it is the advanced level of leadership as opposed to simply knowing what to do. Okay, so this is a good place for us to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Silicon Valley legend Facey Fatehi on what it means and what it looks like to upgrade your leadership operating system. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. 
We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, that's us, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. As always, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. We are so excited to be well into our ninth year of Growth Igniters Radio. Can you believe it? (laughs) (laughs) Something else. We've been receiving more top podcast awards, including the 2023 PopCon Award for Best Business, Marketing, and Tech Podcast. Listeners tell us they enjoy our conversations with visionary CEOs and thought leaders like Faisi Fatehi, who are changing the face of business. They also really enjoy our Pam and Scott Quick Tick episodes. Now, if you're enjoying listening to this podcast too, spread the good word, become a recommender. Just open Growth Igniter's radio on whatever podcast app you use and write a review. And please feel free to share links to your favorite episodes, maybe this one, in your social media. Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Silicon Valley CEO Faisi Fatehi about the lessons he's learned about what it takes to lead for industry disruption. Faisi, tell us how people can find out more about you, your book, and your company. Yeah, one easy way would be just search my name, Faisi Fatehi, on Google. You'll figure out everything about me. (laughs) (laughs) Many, many interviews, uh, write-ups, and uh, podcasts. I'm honored that people ask. And I tell people, I'm not smart enough to give anybody advice. However, I have a lot of personal experiences, my career journey, personal journey, and I'm delighted to share my experiences that hopefully would be helpful to some other people. Number one, not to do my mistakes. Please do your own mistakes. Be innovator, create new mistakes, and that's how you learn. But also, some people may learn from my lessons in my journey, such as the conversation we are here. Again, it's a matter of humble sharing as opposed to lecturing and giving advice. You can find more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 285, and scrolling down to resources. In the first segment we spoke with Faisi about what has impacted him most about leadership, human-centric leadership especially, which is interesting in that he's leading a tech company. We also talked about why it's time to upgrade your leadership operating system, as Faisi calls it. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about what that could look like in action. Faisi, do you have an example you could share with us? Right. Plenty of examples, but if I'm allowed to elaborate on my uh, learnings from Frances Hazelbein that lead to examples, uh, she basically was saying leadership is an inside job. It's about being, not about doing. To be the change you want to see in the world and you want to see in others. And that's how I was really impressed and tried to spend as much time with her when the opportunities allowed to be with her and just observing her, how she's other-centric as opposed to being self-centric and how she shifts 
the spotlight to the person that she's talking with rather than again back to herself. It was amazing. And an example, a lot of people ask me, what does it mean to be? The being is more important than doing. What does it mean? To me, doing emanates from being. And some examples I provided to friends is like, be fair, be candid, be open, be accountable, be grounded, be level-headed, be calm, and as needed, be assertive, or as needed, be tough. It's all about being, be thoughtful, be mindful, be socially, emotionally, intellectually intelligent, be open to opposing ideas and a style, and be informed, be energetic, be kind, be generous, be respectful, be be flexible, be forgiving. You see, these are being or be demanding as needed, be committed, be intentional, be inspirational, be honest, be clear, and be decisive, be happy. So as you can see, the beings, being characteristics of a leader would turn that person to an effective, inspiring, effective leader. Be forward-looking, be a good listener, be a skillful, be a skillful communicator, be a good negotiator, be a competent storyteller. <laughs> wow. You've just given many examples of important ways of being. The thing is, we're all faced with so many challenging situations. In some cases, we might need to be assertive, but in another, we may need to be more of a listener or be something else. So how do you make decisions about which way to be in any given situation? So being will be closely related to what you value which is the foundation of your values. So no matter what situation you're in, you want to act based on your values. And being kind, being forgiving, being assertive, that aspect of your being would show up at the right time and at the right place. And that is the value of experience. That's the value of being seasoned. That's the value of having made mistakes and you have forgiven yourself and taken the lessons and moving forward to see what form of being works here as opposed to another form of being work in a different situation. Right. And so that really takes us in my mind to something that Pam and I talk about a lot to each other, and that's being present. When you're present, You have a feeling for what is there, what is needed, and then you can draw on everything that's inside you to select those other modes of being that are most appropriate at that moment with those people. What do you think about that? Exactly. Situational self-awareness is the key to be present, as you said, to see yourself. Let's say there is a drone at the ceiling and looking at the situation and you see yourself talking to someone else. And at that point, you're observing yourself, but also you have 
the value of being other-centric. That's the foundation of empathy, to put yourself in the other person's shoes and then to see how you are coming across. Because at the end of the day, you want to be effective. Let's say you want to resolve a conflict. If the conflict is not resolved, you haven't been effective, and you cannot resolve conflicts with other people by being self-centric. You can put yourself in the other person's shoes and see the world from their perspective. You can be more effective. Simply put, more effective business leader by resolving conflict rather than putting more fuel on the fire. So what you're saying, if I'm understanding correctly, is that empathy especially is going to become even more important as the world is changing so quickly and we're all running as fast as we can and trying to accomplish so much. Absolutely. We call it the other-centric, being other-centric people. Okay, now let's get a little more specific about this leading from the inside out. In previous conversations, Faisi, we've talked about, or you've talked to us about five principles to lead from the inside out. Now, we don't have time to go into all five, but is there a unifying theme, a, a big idea that ties these principles together to help people lead more effectively? Absolutely. I have a PDF on that, and I'll share that with you so you can post it along with this podcast. But to summarize, my five principles, again, based on personal experience, are as follows. This is basically shifting from what to do to how to do it. Of course, you've got to know what to do. Otherwise, you're on the wrong seat, on the wrong bus, probably. But having the how to do it, you're elevating your leadership, upgrading your leadership to the next level. And my five principles are as follows. Number one, self-mastery. Number two, emotional mastery. Number three, interpersonal mastery. Number four, behavioral mastery. And finally, coaching mastery. I hear mastery a lot. So what is it that's binding all of this together? Because they are related. In a sense that it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Whatever it is that you're doing, this is the mastery level. As Let's say somebody's playing golf, but somebody's a master in playing golf. Somebody p- plays the piano. Somebody creates mastery. That's the 10,000 hours of practice, intentional practice to get to the mastery level, whether it's self-mastery, emotional, interpersonal, behavioral, or coaching. It takes intentional time and effort you love what you do. That's why you want to get to that next level of proficiency, or we can call it mastery in your trade. It's the joy of doing what you do better. And it comes from the point of to serve is to live. It's like Francis Hasselbein, the leadership is a responsibility, duty, and obligation. If somebody can lead, If somebody has been given the faculty, the capabilities, the emotional, intellectual capacity to lead, then you want to get to the mastery level and do what you do even better in order to better serve. I love this, Faisi. I mean, what you're talking about is so inspiring. 
I'm curious, we're talking about becoming the industry disruptor. Does mastery play a role then in becoming the industry disruptor? Helping, helping Leading others do that. For, yes. Helping to lead people to that mastery. Absolutely, absolutely. A dear friend, Whitney Johnson, uh, wrote a phenomenal book called Disrupt Yourself. And she has a podcast called Disrupt Yourself that years ago we had a conversation on. And disrupting yourself is the first step in disrupting your industry. If you cannot disrupt yourself, and disruption could be in a sense that you pause and you say, I know what I do. However, can I get to the mastery level and do it in a way that is 10 times more, more efficient and become more effective in my job? So that's the first step. That's what I first said. You cannot scale your business any faster than you can scale yourself. So they're all intertwined. Sometimes the scaling of the business, the bottleneck, is the leadership need to scale themselves. And to me, the next step of scaling ourselves is get to the mastery level. And you need it because you are pushing the industry, your technology to a disruptive level that is a lot, 10 times more complex, sophisticated, and you have to overcome phenomenal hurdles. And you need every ounce of mastery that you have in a way that you have disrupted yourself. You have overcome obstacles and challenges in a way that average people don't. Now you're applying that warm up, that practice on yourself in your company and in your industry, because you have experience in disrupting the most important element, which is yourself. And you're upgrading your leadership operating system in that way too, yes? In order to match the expectation of disrupting an industry, you need, believe me, every help you can get, starting with upgrading yourself, your skills, and your tenacity, resilience, and everything else that goes with it. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with award-winning Silicon Valley veteran Faisi Fatehi about immediately useful ideas for upgrading your leadership operating system and becoming the disruptor in your industry. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in the rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging sometimes to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again? What's their secret? 
they're able to anticipate and embrace the hidden leadership dynamics that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? That's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. You can go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with award-winning Silicon Valley CEO Faisi Fatehi about his leadership lessons as an industry disruptor. We also discussed what Faisi calls leading from the inside out to upgrade your leadership operating system and the many lessons he's learned from Francis Hasselbein and others along his leadership journey. Faisi, remind us how people can find out more about your book, your company, and the resources that you're describing. Right. One is to go to corenttech.com. The other one, simply put Fazi Fatehi on Google, and you will find out everything about me. The book's name is Democratizing SaaS, published by Forbes. You can find more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 285, and scrolling down to resources. So we're at the point in our episode where we talk about three immediately useful, practical ideas for, in this case, upgrading your leadership operating system, becoming the disruptor in your industry. These are things that you could do right away. Maybe you're on an airplane going to someplace else in the world and you want to take immediate action. So Faisi, we're going to start with the first idea. What's something somebody could do? First idea is to create a habit of thinking from as opposed to thinking toward. I used to climb mountains when I was younger. And what drove me to make it happen, especially the last mile, which you, ha- you don't have a lot of oxygen, you're exhausted, you have altitude sickness, was thinking from the summit rather than thinking off the summit. I could see myself at the summit looking down and that joy, that energy, igniting that feeling of being on the summit helped me get to the summit. So one of my emotional hacks is when I have a desirable goal, I already think from the point that I've achieved that goal and feel the feelings, let that thinking ignite the feelings of I have already accomplished it. And that joyous feeling would fuel my energy to get to that point. Are you saying that the disruption that your company has created, you actually came from that to make it happen together as a team? Absolutely. For the last 12 years, I clearly see the point that we have disrupted the software industry, transformed it from software to service. And that feeling, the joy, the tens of thousands of new jobs created, the prosperity, all that every single day is alive in my my mind and in my heart. And that drives me every day to pursue this vision of disruption. 
Faisy, this is wonderful advice, and it matches so well with something Pam and I talk about a lot, which is action comes from emotion. Once you engage emotion, all of a sudden, doors open that you hadn't even thought about before. So wonderful piece of advice. What's the second practical idea? Yeah, the second one is also related to the first one. It's a daily, daily thing I do. I always want to have something to look forward to, something to look forward to, and brings that joy, brings the, the great feeling I'm going to see my friend, my dear friend. I'm going to this concert. I'm going to play golf with my daughter, with my friend. I'm going to the gym and I can imagine how it would make me feel. Something to look forward in an active way, on a daily way. Just sometimes I wake up in the morning before I open up my eyes. I look forward to the things uh, I'll be doing. I was looking forward to having this conversation with you guys. Yes, we were well, too. We were too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just simply having something to look forward to instead of just an item on your calendar. Just say, wow, I, I'll be talking to this person and what kind of accomplishment we can have. All those things we can reframe mundane events into something that would bring up positive emotional uh, feelings, I would make a, a happy person. We want to be happy. The happiness factor is something that a lot of people don't think about. We want to walk around, be happy because we are lucky. We, we are healthy. We are in an innovative industry. We can impact so many people's lives. Just have things to look forward to is another simple matter by reframing uh, a mundane day or week. So you've totally redefined the calendar for me. <laughs> you, I look at my calendar and now I'm going to say, what is it that I can see I'm looking forward to about anything that's on my calendar? That's amazing. Speaking of calendar, maybe as number three, thanks to iPhone and other devices, I have put a permanent reminder on top of every single day and it's six things that I remind myself every single day. And I learned this from Marshall Goldsmith, that he practices this for decades. And there are six items. Number one is a reminder, be happy, find meaning, build positive relationships, be fully engaged, set clear goal, make progress toward goal. Every single day, remind myself of this, and it just pops up. And sometimes I don't have to read it because I know when it pops up, it's a reminder to be a better person, happier person, more engaged person, and someone who gets things done. So it's really putting your core values front and center and living that as much as possible because now you're present. You're there and you're thinking about these values as guiding you in everything you do. Absolutely. Marshall has something at the signature for his emails. He, he says, life's good. And for years, I thought, you know, this is like the T-shirts the you wear in Hawaii, life's good. And one time we were having a deeper conversation. He said, Faisy, this is a reminder that being alive, life itself is good. Let's take advantage of being alive 
and live every single day to the fullest. And these reminders are being engaged. One of the diseases that we have in the world are people are not engaged with life. People don't even remind themselves that they're alive and life is good. And how can we capitalize on it? How can we invest? How can we enjoy just being alive should be good enough reason for us to be happy. We are so enjoying this conversation, but we've come to the end of the episode. Can you leave us with some final thoughts on this whole topic of leading to be the disruptor and upgrading your leadership operating system? My final thought is to serve is to live. Well, Faisy, thank you again for being our guest on Growth Igniters Radio. My pleasure. Faisy, we enjoyed it so much. Thanks to all of you out there who are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, including a link to download Faisy's five principles for upgrading your operating system and leading from the inside out. Go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 285. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. What are three things we can start doing differently or better, starting now, to upgrade our company's leadership operating system and become the disruptor in our industry? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.